somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. A billion years in the making. Greatest radio show in the universe. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. And I apologise profusely for all of you who are completely freaked out by the fact that we've started exactly at nine o'clock. Well, not weird. Yeah, yeah. I bet I bet they are all fixing the clocks and watches. <laughs> I bet they're putting them all back ten minutes or something now, aren't they? They think yeah. they, they they're wrong. The no, your clocks, your watches are not wrong. We tried that. What's that word? Professionalism. I think, I think that's how it's that. pronounced, yeah. Yeah, we thought we'd have a go at that this week. Don't worry, we're only trying that for the beginning of it. I'm sure it'll uh, it'll yeah. fall away to for, the wayside. For example, the notes in this intro section that I've got written down. Oh, I can see them. Yeah. They're very good. Yeah, It leaves a lot of room for, for, for <laughs> stuff to be written in there, doesn't it, actually? Yeah, it's blank. Yes. Yeah, that's what I like about about a page of notes. If yeah, you just get a header at, but look and nothing. At, but you, look at the rest, though. Look at all that juicy stuff for the rest of the show. Do you really think we're going to get through that? No, no, but that's just in case. Yeah, it's yeah. good, though. It's loads good to of, fall back on, isn't loads it? Loads of news there. Oh, we've got, we've got loads to do. We're going to be, uh, at the beginning, we're going to just go through one or two bits and bobs and catch up with you. Then we've got a very special segment because... You you know what's happened. I hate to say it, Chris. I know you may not be aware of this, but he's back. No! Oh, what? We got a troll again. The the troll, the king troll, is back. Because we had a troll special. Oh, we had a uh, trial. About a year ago, we no? had a trial where we we had a go at. Uh, we put him on trial, James Hellier, or our his Twitter hashtag. Um, at James underscore Hellier, spelled H-E-L-L-Y-E-R. And, uh, yeah, we, we found him just, only just by, he scraped a not guilty on dog molestation charges, didn't he? Because he's got a naughty greyhound. I do remember that episode, yeah. Yep, and we went all the way through it. Well, uh, reason being, he's an absolutely, he was a horrendous troll. He was on every five minutes saying, please sack our head writer, Paul Mount. He doesn't like him. We get that. Okay, people don't like sometimes what we all write about sure, things, yeah. and that's it. Which is fine, and they can not like something. But he was absolutely venomous, and which prompted a response from me. Um, and it was me, by the way. In case this is James Hell, you're listening, James. It wasn't some 
um, office boy or some intern or whatever that tweeted you back and said that we don't really want idiots like you reading the magazine. That was me. So there you go. Um, what it is, we we don't really want idiots reading the magazine that are full of hate. No, absolutely okay, not. Why, why, why would we? we? We don't want a reader like that. We want readers who read the magazine. They don't always have to agree with it. And sometimes they don't want to like they, they might not like the magazine. That's fine. We don't mind that. But when you start getting personal and start saying that people, uh, and at the time he was actually at the hospital visiting his mother who was quite ill. So, you know, he's got, he comes comes out of the hospital and has to read on Twitter a load of personal abuse and grief. And yeah, you know what? He doesn't deserve that. So we quite promptly had a look at it. Well, he's back this week. He's got more to say. We'll deal with him after, after the break. But we've actually, uh, I wanted to know who this guy is because we've, we've, had all the grief off him and he wants to make comments on Paul Mount and say that he's basically a plagiaristic lazy writer and we're a rubbish magazine for employing him and all the rest of it. So I thought, well, obviously this guy must be beyond reproach, mustn't he? It sounds like he must have done nothing wrong. He must be perfect, a perfect individual. There he is on his high mountaintop looking down on the rest of us lowly mortals passing judgment. So, it seems that that's not quite the case, though. Right. Well, what's that? Okay. What have you found? I've found a I've, segment I, going back to when he's. Uh, I reckon he's about forty now. This is when he's twenty-two. It's about fifteen, sixteen years ago. Okay. Although, boy, has he aged in the meantime. You want to look at his Twitter profile and that. Um, we'll tell you all about this after the break. I think you'll be quite surprised at, at what he's uh, what he got up to a while ago. Uh, he's a proper Tory boy. You know, like Harry Enfield's Tory boy character. Yeah. Oh, God, he's the actual... Re- it's like he's the real thing that he based that character <laughs> right, on. Okay. Yeah, seriously, when we dug into it. Um, yeah, I think you'll be quite interested in what we've got. He's, uh, he, yeah, we'll look into it. Again, I'm not saying we have a trial. I think this we don't need one after this. We'll just let you make he your own mind up. Time, he? he was acquitted on yeah. dog molestation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it looked a bit frisky, all the stuff we were reading, wasn't he? What was it? A naughty? He's naughty, isn't he? Naughty Cheeky and naughty and all that. Why? What's he get up to? I don't know. Yeah, he's okay. so he's so single though, you know. Probably. It's only him and the whippet. Do you know that? Pretty certain, yeah. Because I've been reading. Uh, uh, do, do you know what's funny? Um, I'll give you a, a little example of this. I don't know if you have you seen. Do you know that he's actually made as an individual more tweets than we have as a commercial magazine? I remember that from the last time. Yeah. No, well, I it's know. even worse now. He, okay. he he tweets more per day about his own little life and his whippet yeah and bear in mind this isn't like tom cruise's twitter account where it's <laughs> hi i'm in la i'm on top of a building i'm falling down i'm free falling i'm filming a scene for mission impossible eight i'm doing whatever um, I'm standing on an apple crate yeah this is an accountant so for starters he shouldn't be he shouldn't be tweeting while he's at work so what are you letting this joker get away with that for if you're employing him? But there you go. He's he's had it all day. I've eaten one? an orange. I've got an apple. Oh, God. He's one of them. You know one Favourite of them guys. Of but one of the main things is that annoys me about him. I, I said to you, when when since we took over editing this magazine, um, I more than you, I'm a massive Doctor Who fan here. I'm not as, as I got quoted on the radio when I got set up one day to go and do a talk with a professor on TV where I got set up and I got introduced as, oh, 
hello, and yes, we've got such and such, Professor, can't remember his name, from the Manchester University Media Department, who's talking about the historical impact of it. And we've got the world's ever Doctor Who fan, world's biggest Doctor Who fan ever, Mike Royce. Oh, good God. And I thought, oh, Christ, I just got asked to go on because I've got fab. And I had a Dalek in there. You had a bad the only rap reason. on TV, hadn't you? I did. Because you were talking last week about yeah, being... Yeah, um, I, yeah, Mike I Royce is going to come out in a second and uh, evaluate yeah. uh, the uh, uh, what your Star yeah. Wars collection is worth. And yeah. you had no idea. No, no idea. And then they had a lightsaber fight with Darth Vader uh, uh, jumping across the couch all over me. Yeah. Um, I basically end up dragged onto TV or radio <laughs> to be a buffoon. <laughs> Which a, one? A professional buffoon. Ish. Which was your last uh, TV appearance? Oh, it's that. I'm not. I wouldn't. I can't. That and unfortunately, the, the, I, luckily, I wasn't interviewed or anything on the. I turned up on the bloody funeral thing for the Jerry, oh, for Jerry on, yeah, on yeah. there because I was talking to someone about uh, where I'd been. They went, "Oh, what have you been?" And this girl, and she said, uh, "Oh, that was nice, wasn't it?" And the pink Rolls Royce and all that, and and a nice service. I went, what? What? How do you know what I went on? And I didn't know. Do you know what I thought? I thought those cameras were his, his family just filming it. Obviously. Well, who films a funeral, though? I've never seen it before. It's weird, isn't so it? So surely it was the, a TV crew. It, well, no, because well, I've never been to a funeral where they've, they've turned up, have they? You know, I'm not Tom Cruise. I, mean, I don't go to celeb funerals, do I? Mm. You know, I, I have loads of them. There's just no, no one that's in public eye, which is good, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Means, yeah. You know. But there you go. It was weird, though. But when people are posing next to a coffin, having photos taken, you get you're kind of like, wow. Wow, and then someone in the uh, eulogy starts boasting about how well, well he's doing and giving you his website. That's that's quite <laughs> an odd thing. It was a lovely day, though, but wow, there are some aspects of being uh, of being around famous people that you go, yeah, this is a detachment there that I can't get my head around. But, yeah. So what you're saying is that you've got uh, a sequel planned here, have you? Oh, yes. This, yeah, yeah, the, we're going to the, have a look into it. The Troll Hunter it. sequel. Yeah, the Troll Hunter sequel, because, as I say, what I, I'm most annoyed at him, I'm very annoyed at him having a go at Paul for no reason, because right. Paul, Paul's a damn good writer, and he might not always write what you want to hear. Um, he's got some very down views on some shows, and, and don't even get him started on Sylvester McCoy as Doctor Who. But at the end of the day, he's a good writer, and he writes for the magazine, and he's 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 our head writer, and that's it, and we stand by him, and this guy's just personal attacks, personal attacks, so yeah, we're going to have a look into it, but most of all, he makes me, um, he's one of them Doctor Who fans, and I mean, I know that can cause some flack when you come out with a statement like that, but you know what I mean by that, and I think people listening, some of them, You've got Doctor Who fans and you've got Doctor Who fans. There's people that genuinely love Doctor Who, watch it, enjoy it, and they're dead happy when they hear someone else is watching it. And to me, I was dead chuffed when I heard that my friend's kids have now started watching it and it's carrying on to another generation of fans, dead happy. But there's them few that feel that possessive about it and nasty and twisted and... Be, you know, they, where they waited for 15 years for it to come back. Then it comes back. Then they spend five years on forums slagging it off because Russell T. Davis has brought back a show that's more commercial than they were happy with. Then we move on to the era where they, they then decided, oh, well, Stephen Moffat will be behind Stephen Moffat because he'll... And, and it was more of a classic Doctor Who that he sort of did with Matt Smith. So they're more happy with that now and they seem a bit more contented. But now they, they're still looking for problems left, right and centre. And all the time it's negative and everybody, they've got bad things to say about everybody. They, they're slagging everybody off all the time. And, you know, he's one of them. 
and he is. They've, they've got loads to say. All this came about from a review of the Doctor Who story, uh, Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Now, God bless Doctor Who. I've explained this to you, that, that no matter what you do, you can't get around the fact that the BBC in 1973 weren't going to do Jurassic Park CGI dinosaurs, yeah? Mm. So they're there and the crap and they're really, really bad with little rulers nudging them along and stuff and, and little ones stuck to wires moving around and big matte lines over everything. What are you going to get in 1973? The BBC weren't quite as advanced as the Star Trek crew. Star Trek's effects are pretty good for the 60s, but sure. they had a lot more money, a lot more did. money, 10 times the amount of money. And the Doctor Who then doesn't have the budget it's got now. Yeah, and there is no excuse um, to keep having a go at it. You're either going to have to accept that or not. Well, Paul Mount did just say, look, the effects are crap, but it's actually great fun and you'll enjoy watching it. If, so what was wrong with that? In a nutshell. Uh, well, his big problem is that uh, you are you're supposed to write, instead of our standard 700-word review or whatever, You, if it's Doctor Who, you're supposed to write a 15,000-word review like the Magna Carta. Yeah that goes into every minutia, every deleted scene that's on the special features, every single frame of the thing, yeah. This dickhead thinks that we should be wasting 10 times the amount of, of time. and Well, people don't have time to read reviews like that. I'm sorry, James, but they don't. And that's it. That's life. We're catering for people that want to pick up a magazine and within 10 minutes have a read and decide if I want to buy that magazine or go and see that film. Sometimes, if it's a huge movie release, we might go to a few thousand words if it's a big review for a big movie, or maybe not even then. It'd be only be about 1,500, but he's, he's just expecting that. But the main thing is, there was a negative in the review where he said, yeah, the effects aren't very good. But, what, but he's going to say that because they're not very right, good, because boys and review. girls, are they? Also, it's a review of a DVD yeah. uh, reissue. Yeah. And hasn't this been... Uh, flogged to Doctor Who fans, you know, 10 times oh, over we've, the years. We've all bought the VHS. It, we've bought the... Hasn't it been written about enough? Yeah. So it's it a has, review yeah. of the new edition. Exactly. Exactly. But basically, if you like Doctor Who, great. I love it. And I like getting the DVDs. I like watching stuff. I watch it. And sometimes... And I'm, I can watch it and I can divorce myself from the fact that this dinosaur doesn't look real and that's got lines around it and this and that. I, I like Blake 7 for it's God's sake. It's called Suspension of Disbelief. Well, yeah, and believe me, I, I've been a fan of Blake 7. I grew up watching Blake 7, so I'm very good at I think that's why we're all here. Yeah, we've yeah. got the ability yeah. to suspend. Yeah. Sorry if I'm sniffing, yeah. by the yeah. way. This isn't yeah. a... The, right. Special effects. A coke binge. <laughs> no, no. This is the fluid. Hey, I wish we were having that much fun. What yeah. can I say? No, the thing that gets me is uh, about the whole thing is... In the 70s, uh, I grew up and I, I'd be watching Blake 7. And you know, have I ever told you how they do the Liberator, the ship? That, again, I think that that the Enterprise, that and the Enterprise are probably my two favourite spaceship designs all Whoa, time. Whoa, what ever. about the Falcon? No. I, do, do you what? know what? I like, I like the Liberator better. I just love and it. And the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, I do. And I like the Millennium Falcon, but it's not there. With, the Enterprise is dead iconic, though. I mean, if you get that shape with that saucer and them two engines, you instantly go Star Trek. If you go, um, if you go and say the, that, if you're a Blake Seven fan, the Liberator with them three yeah. pointy bits and the big bulbous engine at the back, it's it's really really good. Where it, does um, Serenity fit in? 
Because uh, it's not. This might be controversial. It's not an iconic. I've never, I've never liked the, the design I've of Serenity. Never, I've never. Man, I love that series and the movie, but good god. Spaceship designs, you see. We're getting on spaceship designs, and the problem is to get an well, iconic it's one. Isn't it? Oh yes, Starburst they, Radio. They seem to happen by accident almost. It seems like some people like in it's quite Facebook, phallic, isn't it? Yeah, well, Serenity. Well, when J.D. Roddenberry got the Enterprise done, I mean, it sounds a bit shit, doesn't it, when you boil it down? He's probably said to him, right, I want two rockets on the back and a big flying saucer on the front. And they've gone, yeah. all right, and yeah, we'll yeah. stick some that holds it all together. Yeah, and they've just come up with that. Uh, the Dalit, another iconic design. Again, again, it's a fluke, isn't it? Because Cruzac, Nation, whoever, no one came up with anything as good as that after, did they? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, Matt Irvin was involved in the Liberator design, yeah? And then or either side of his career of creating that iconic-looking spaceship, he was sticking hairdryers together and plugging bits and bobs in and out. And the guy, the, he hasn't done anything like that. They, they replaced the Liberator with a ship called Scorpio for the last year, and it was just dreadful. Right. Just looked like one of his specials, you know, stick that air dryer there, stick that engine bit on the bottom, you know. And you could see it was all bits of a mouth organ attached to the side of it. <laughs> a mouth yeah, organ. You know what I mean? A Gillette lady it's, shave. It's anything. It, could, it just seemed to me I'll that it was... some menace. Yeah, I got images of Matt Irvin. And and by the way, this is done out of affection, this. I, by the way, not want some... I'm having a go at him. If it wasn't for him, I don't know where we'd be in BBC and the special effects. You wouldn't have had anything in Doctor Who, but... He does seem to... I always used to have images of him just scrambling through the bin. <laughs> right, what's that? And going to the rubbish tip. But fair play to him. He had no money. Yeah. He said, right, I want an alien invasion. How much have I got? 200 quid. That's it. The end, the end of second season of Blake 7, a load of hairdryers, colanders and vacuum cleaners were approaching <laughs> Earth. I'm not joking. I can show you the bit and you'll go, I'll, I'll freeze it. Because yeah. the thing is, it was a dead quick shot. They weren't counting on DVD. And now you, now you free you freeze the frame and go look at that, and it just like looks like all oh, the so just to clarify, are you allowed to say that in a review? Well, apparently not. No. Okay. So that's why we're we've got hot under the collar about this guy, and we'll after we've had our break, we'll we'll go into a bit more. But he's got a henchman. He's got a salacious crumb called Herbert West, and he goes under the at prof tentacles yeah, moniker yeah. I, I yeah. remember well, he's that on, again he's still that at episode. it they're both at it what they do they, they, he'll say something about it he go, oh, oh I think all the writers for Starburst must be issued with tracing paper he was going on about today when did it, what, today? yeah well about a couple of days ago he's going on about a review and he's saying that it was basically taken from Amazon or something what? I know he's mental he thinks he thinks that um, Paul's copied part of the review from the description of the DVD on Amazon. Oh, for... Right, it's okay. an absolute right. bell okay, just, just point Game out, on. it does only take a couple of hours to watch a DVD. Um, when our writers are writing, we know that they've seen them. So, yeah, what a dick. Anyway, mm. so, there we go. Mm. What can I say? I don't know. I know. We could go for a break now and then come back and just play it and then get on with the news and stuff. You might as well. Might as well. Yeah, we're half an hour in already. I know. Yeah. And my apologies. Thank you very much for, for listening to us. Don't forget, though, just before we go for a break, 387, it's out there. And don't forget the Starburst money-back guarantee. Um, if for any reason you get the magazine or you're unhappy with it or you, you you don't think it's the best thing ever and all that, I guarantee 100% that you will not get your money back. 
Starburst Radio, the official radio show for Starburst, the world's longest-running magazine of sci-fi horror and fantasy. Starburst Magazine, issue 387. Available from a newsagent near you or download to your iPad today. ManchesterRadioOnline.com Email studio at ManchesterRadioOnline.com And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. Tweet, do you want to tweet? Indeedy, I love tweeting. Oh yes. Regular listener, reader. Okay. He says, uh, the Liberator, the Enterprise and the Eagle Transporter from Space 1999 for me. I'm going to give him that. No no Falcon love. But you know what? What I might concede here. I think my love of Star Wars is getting in the way. If I really thought about it. It's the Enterprise, isn't it? You you know what it is, and you've got affection also for Han Solo, Chewie, and all yeah, that. And, I it, do. and you know that's their ship. No, when you see it, you know exactly what it is. But I think if you drew drew the shape of it, that if you drew yeah. the shape of the Enterprise and the shape of that, people more people would go, oh, Star Trek, than they would Star Wars. Um, but everyone knows what it's like. But there's a lot of iconic ships in Star Wars, though, uh, like the TIE Fighter. That's quite iconic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, even Death Star. Death Star. People know great. what that is if they see it. Uh, Star so, Destroyer. So, yeah. So in fairness, it's got a nice smattering of pretty heavyweight iconic stuff in there. Darth Maul's you know. Wind Sailor, whatever that was called. Didn't like that. one. No, I didn't like that one. No. I like Slave One. Boba Fett. Uh, it looks, it just looks like an iron, doesn't it? Yeah, but it looks weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. What can I say? So. Well, you know, but I'll give him that. That's another one. The Eagle Transporter, that when I was a kid. Oh, did I want that? I wanted one of them and I got one. Uh, I, I got Yeah, yep. I think we all have got that one. Yep. And the uh, there was that metal Star Trek one as well where it shot the discs out as well. These were all popular stuff. Oh, and another one. Um, I'll give you another iconic shit. Thunderbird 2. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think out of all of them, definitely. The the, the others are pretty cool, but Thunderbird 2 is the one that's iconic, isn't it? Or is it? I, th- I think it is. I think that's the one, isn't it? If you were thinking of Thunderbirds and you show someone that, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. I think Thunderbird 1, they sort of recognise, but... What was the little buggy one? Um, that's the submarine, Thunderbird 4. And you've got that mole as well that... That's the one I meant. ...that drills. The that, mole. That, that's just carried in the belly of Thunderbird 2. Every single episode when Thunderbird 2 is about to go out, it goes along a line, a line of uh, little containers are underneath, and that container goes up into the midsection, right. and it's always got something different. And when you were watching it, you were always hoping they'd pick the one with number four on because you know that's Thunderbird 4, and it's, that's going out as well. So you're getting two Thunderbirds for the price of one. Some so there was pe- a little bit of excitement every week. Yeah, there was, yeah. yeah. You never knew, you never week? knew, you never knew. And, and a lot of the time, they'd be the mole. They'd be the mole a lot, in fairness. They'd be the mole. They'd, they'd just, use it oh, for anything. God, it's a bloody mole It's the mole again, again. yeah. Oh, no. We well, wanted Thunderbird 4, and it didn't always, you know. Thunderbird 5 always got its, uh, got its two minutes at the beginning of the show, and every six or seven episodes, Thunderbird 3 would blast off. But that's only for outer space. Pretty limited. Right. That's his problem, <laughs> isn't it? No, if I was Thunderbird 3, I'd, I'd want that one because it'd be, right, I don't have to do much. I can chill around on this island for a bit and whenever something's going on in space, I'll, get, I'll go, go out to space. Yeah. It's only, but not very often. So I have a lot of sun. 
sun and sun and space. <laughs> so I think that's the plum job. I mean, bloody hell, them poor sods, Virgil and Scott, they're up every five minutes in them too. Every time there's a cat up a tree, they're like, oh, God, here we go. Right. See what I mean? And the guy in the space, and again, the space station, he's not, that's not a good job, is it? That's oh, not I'd good. love it. Kicking it, kicking it up there. Nothing, no, no, nothing to do. So you get through a lot of box sets. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yep. Yeah. So he didn't show you. He did, just looked like he lived in a room with a load of lights flashing. Did he have... Didn't uh, show you his, where he was sleeping. He had big glasses on, didn't he? Yeah. So his eyesight had gone. Yeah. Plenty of, well, did, plenty of alone you. time, it, it if you know what I mean. You it, know what yo, they say. I do know what you mean, mm. yeah. I'll tell you something. You couldn't... Uh, you couldn't see his living quarters anyway because sperm floats up there, doesn't it? So it'd be a bit, bit of a mess, wouldn't it, there? It'd be all over the camera lens, wouldn't it? So it wouldn't actually end up attaching. Anyway. Oh, dear. No, there you go. Right, I wonder well. if they'll incorporate in that, that into a Thunderbirds Argo. I think they should, yeah. 2015 I think, series. I, I think, well, I, I think there's a good chance that, that that will be a load of wank, so it would be quite appropriate. Very nice. Nice. There you go. Right, back on to Mr. Hell, yeah. He's actually been moaning today, you know. He's go actually on. said, uh, I, do, I don't really understand what this means, but he's saying, oh, they're moaning about it. and he, um, Moaning about what? About, about the fact that, I don't know, I think Paul might have said something else back to him or, or spoken to him. He's going, uh, uh, he's saying, apparently I, I got my account locked because I was shocked uh, Starburst people had a go at me once or something. Um, don't know what he's going on about there, and then he's he then says to uh, Prof Tentacles that oh oh I want my uh, they can write my life story if they want. Well, okay, James, I'm happy to oblige. I think this is a good starting point. We're we're going from not this this fat overweight accountant with a double chin that's causing all this problem. We whiz back to when he was a a, a slimmer. A slimmer. I was going to say handsome, but he nah, you want to see it. Um, if you want to see the video that, that accompanies what I'm about to explain to you, you can do it by just Googling James Hellyer, H-E-L-L-Y-E-R, on Google, and you will find a link to a, uh, a, a video that's on YouTube. Now, apparently, when he was at 22, he was, a very, he was in a debating society at, uh, at his university, and he was really on his way, he wanted to be a Tory MP, but he's one of them, you know, like Alan Bastard type, uh, really right wing, or the oiks on the council estate, that type of uh, person. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's uh, so he decides he's going to do a documentary. Yeah. So he takes part in this documentary and and it's called The Enemy Within. And it, it the format was you'd have somebody believe that they're very much in one thing and they'd get someone from a different background to come spend some time with them and then you see if each other turned them around to their point of view yeah so he's very anti-drugs and yes you know what i am as well i don't even smoke pot i don't i don't do the stuff but i do know a lot of people who do and i don't tend to wag my finger at anybody who does but that's just it but I choose not to do it. And I, some, if a friend said to me, should I be smoking it and doing hard drugs or whatever, I'd probably say no, because I'd like you to be around for a long time. And it's not that good for you. But I don't tell people what to do. But this prick uh, decides he's going to take part in this documentary. And he's a totally anti-drugs and he's Tory. He's trying to be a Tory MP. But clearly that didn't pan out too well, as he's a, a chartered accountant now in some backstreet firm, um, trying to help rich people avoid paying too much tax. So in, there is in a between theme. tweeting. Yeah, in between tweeting every time he breaks wind. And he's, he goes on this and uh, effectively 
there's a commune. It's called the Exodus Collective. And they play music, have little um, little nights where they're all jamming and playing guitar, listening to music and smoking cannabis, yeah? And it's basically a hippie commune, modern-day hippie commune. This is about, about, you know, 15 years ago. So he takes part in this and he decides, oh, um, I'll, I'll be the uh, anti-drug one and I'll go there and, and they'll see if they talk me into doing cannabis. So he agrees to take part in this and then... What happens is they invite him in and he's to stay with them for seven days. He stays at their place. They give him a place to live and they feed him and look after him. And he spends a week with them. Yeah. yeah. And um, he's there with these these hippie-ish type, um, you know, they are very hippie, hippified. I don't think that's quite an insulting term, but that's the only way of looking at it if you see who they are. Alternative lifestyle. Yeah, it's very alternative lifestyle. Yeah. But they're doing no harm. I mean, to be honest, they look like they're having a lot of fun. And he... He stays there for four days. Then he gets uh, somebody speaks to him uh, from the Tory party, some chairman or whatever he's had a conversation with. And then he upsticks in the middle of the night. Yeah. The following morning, this is four days in, not the full seven, three days shy of um, finishing. And then he goes to the police station and shops them all what? and tells them all that they've been smoking cannabis. Yeah. And gets them all turned over and uh, the police to raid all the places. Yeah. Holy shit. It's but he knew that the... when he was going in. Yes, he the did. point of the documentary yeah, was did. to experience their, their, lifestyle their life for a full the... week just yeah. so knowing that they take cannabis on a actually regular have basis. a balanced opinion by the Correct. end of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he saw some way of scoring some points and getting in higher with the hierarchy and the Conservative Party. Yeah. So he goes and shops these poor bastards to the police. The police go and turn them over, and then he turns up to give them a bit of a uh, uh, an explanation and say, look, I'm sorry I've been to the police and all that. And then the guy gets his chance to say something to James about what, well, it, how he deals with it is incredible. But I've got the whole thing. I've done a, a little edit of the highlights. This is just after um, he's gone. He's literally been there for four days and literally... The next day, everyone gets up at the commune, the, the Exodus Collective, and they find out that James Howley is buggered off, yeah? And this is what happens. Hold on. Hold on. And this one goes out to James Howley, yeah? Running from living with the enemy who decide to run away. Despite the disappearance of the guest of honour, Exodus go ahead with a planned party. We don't want to know who, who are Henry people around here. James, who has spent the evening wrestling with his conscience in a Luton pub, resurfaces at a local hotel. In many ways, it's been a very hard decision because of, so not, not, not only the fact that I've sort of got to know the people, but I've accepted their hospitality. They just think it sticks in the throat about sort of having an evening meal with someone and then trotting off to the police afterwards. All that it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to stand idle. On this particular issue, I could see myself as the good man. It's quite simple. My intention is to go to the police station tomorrow and ask to speak to someone of inspector rank or above. I then have to tell them what I've seen in the past week and what has happened. 
and then ask them quite simply what they intend to do about it. The morning after the night before, and with James gone, Glenn is beginning to put two and two together. I think you might well say to him, I think you've got a duty to arrest them, and if you don't, I'm going to fill out a report and insist that you do or something, you know what I mean? The reason I even think that that could happen, right, it'd be impossible to think he would do that, but the only reason I even give it an inch is because James has got, James, you know, lovely geezer and all that, but he's got this attitude which has been instilled into him, parliamentarian attitude, which is, I know what's good for you. Before they came um, and accepted to take uh, accepted taking part in this programme, I perhaps hadn't thought it all the way through about how I would react in this situation. And in a way, it's been a great testing ground for me about whether I do have the courage of my convictions. I'm sort of feel, feeling nervous and there's a, uh, and, the, and, and, and in a way a little regret, regret very regretful that, that, that I've sort of found myself having to do this to these people. It's not something that makes me feel good. It's just something that I feel I have to do. James spends five hours in the police station giving a detailed statement of everything he's witnessed. Back at Has Manor, concern is growing over the reasons for his disappearance, until later that afternoon when James agrees to meet Glenn to explain his actions. You want to sit down? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'd, I'd uh, prefer to remain standing, I think. Obviously you've noticed, man, that I've uh, left the Exodus community. What have you done? What have you done at the place? I've done what I believe is the right thing. The law can only work and do their job if the private citizens cooperate. You've gone and made a report to the police and told them we smoke cannabis in there by statement, right? You've forced their hand, right? And on a moral tip, is it more moral to raid us at six in the morning and have what in any other circumstance, if they didn't have police on there, it would be called aggravated burglary. They come in, they call... Serious, you've never been raided, have you? They come in with sledgehammers, they come in with club hammers, they come in with... because they have to break doors down, they come with big... Do you know what I mean? And that's what you've brought about. I'm telling you, I ain't joking. I ain't joking, James. I'm angry that you've confirmed that you have gone down the police station and you've put all of our homes under immediate threat. You are the ones who've chosen to break the, to break the rules of society. You're the, you're, you're the ones who've chosen sort of li to sort of live your life through the drugs. James, you came here on an honourable agreement, right, to come into our home and to give your views at the end of the week. Right, you've come down here because you thought, yeah, man, I'm chair, debating society and all that. I can further my political aims here. I can come down with these wasted hippies and I'll take them apart. That's what you thought. And because it's not happening now, Adrian Rogers has taken a higher moral position than you did and said, I would arrest them straight away. So you felt, I'm letting the Tory side down here. I'm not being right-wing enough here. I'm not being moral enough here. And you, it's him what was a catalyst for your decision, not my cannabis smoking. I was doing that the day you came, I was doing it when you knew, before you came, and during the time you were there. So don't tell me it's cannabis, James, because that comes over dishonest to me, right? If it was cannabis, you'd have done it from the off. But, but you're living with the enemy. I don't perceive you as the enemy, James. 
we're the enemy to you, you live with us, right? And I don't perceive you as the enemy now, even though you've just done one of the lowest things that I think you could have done. You've lived with us, and then you've took yourself out and gone to the police and forced them, right? Forced them into a position. The, poli the police's job is to enforce the law. It's not their job to make it or interpret it. It's their job to spread resources effectively, to keep the Queen's peace, to try and maintain community relations, to encourage things which they think will lead to crime reduction. All of those things is policing matters, right? You do with the police what you do with us. You don't credit them with the intelligence. You've come in, James, and you thought, the whole bill, Exodus, you, you don't know, I know best. And now you've forced our hand, right? So if it comes to lines with us, if it comes to battle lines with us now, I hope you read about it in the Daily Telegraph, mate. You know what I mean? And remember, yeah, man, put it on your CV. You know what I mean? It was a nice meeting, mate. It was a nice meeting. We learnt a lot from it. We learnt a lot from it. We learnt a lot about cloned MPs. You know, it's kind of like there's an MP factory somewhere, and they churn you out, and you come out with, like, and, you know, looking like you're 60 or something and he's only 22 or whatever he is, you know what I mean? Since getting back from the commune I've been up to Exeter and attended a conservative function with Dr Rogers and I was recently appointed youth director of his family focus organisation. Well, before he came here I said I hope we don't get someone who's, who's a career climber, right? Job seeker, not truth seeker. That's what James is. Well... That was illuminating, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a bloody lovely guy. I yeah. was completely wrong. Well, he actually... Yeah. We all are, aren't yeah, we? We are, yeah. We owe him clearly. A big apology. Clearly we do. Yeah, clearly. Because uh, that's a man of principles, isn't it? The, what was it? The good man. The, uh, what yeah. is he? He's the good man, or the, whatever he was. This uh, moral... It takes a good man to yeah. stand up against evil yeah. or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nah, but in seriousness, God, what a creep. Yeah. God, he's horrible, isn't he? He's absolutely horrible. I mean, when you hear that, you the other guy was brilliant how he dealt with him, wasn't he? Yeah. And it, obviously, intellectually, let's not mince words, yeah? One of them's had a much higher level of education. The other guy hasn't, and he's chosen a totally different lifestyle. But who came across more intelligent, mm -hmm. really, by far, out of those two cretins? Yeah. Sorry, not, not, not that, two one, cretins. that one yeah. cretin. And uh, out of those two people... That um, he d he just came across as absolutely um, all right with himself, the other guy, and and James is just horrible, just horrible. What he did there was horrible. And at the end of the day, I don't care what anyone says. You he the the problem with that wasn't that he was reporting a crime. Of course, it wasn't. It was the fact that he was in a documentary and he'd taken them on their word. They'd taken his on the, him on his word. They were both going to stay together in, under one roof. He knew they were going to smoke cannabis and behave like uh, a hippie lifestyle with music and some drugs and things. And he and that was it. You were supposed to spend seven days and then go and do it. We've all seen these documentaries, haven't we? We've seen them since, a lot more since reality TV, where a, an MP stays in with a single mum for a week and then goes back or these wife swapping wife swap. things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. all that and and then you don't get in any of them somebody part of the way through thinking oh this will get me brownie points with my uh, peers at work uh, I think I'll shop them to the police like a complete and utter shitbag he's a grass <laughs> he's a grass in, 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 in putting it down to absolute common word he's a grass that's it boils down whatever he wants to say about anyone who can write or can't write 
he's a horrible person. Mm. He's an absolutely horrible person. He's the sort of person that I am so, yeah, I'm glad he's got a problem with us. Really am. Because I'd hate it if someone like them thought we were cool. Yeah. Good grief. So there you go. So that's it. James underscore hell, yeah. Um, and just in final quote, I'll leave the to finish this before we try. Well, I think we'll have a, um, maybe another break and then go. we'll come back with some news, yeah. But we'll leave this to Agent Guna 007, who puts a quote underneath this video. He's clearly been watching it. And he says, uh, James Hellyer is now spending the rest of his spiteful, sordid, hypocritical life to helping already rich people avoid paying tax into the system he claims to be a friend to. If you Google James Hellyer conservative, he comes up on a site called LinkedIn. And... Um, and it has his telephone number You should, if in case you should wish to tell him of his despicable actions. There you go. Of course, I can't give that number out. Um, with That would not be appropriate. Um, <laughs> so you draw the line there. So I draw the line right. there. Um, anyway, off, off for a little bit of a break. We'll be back with proper Starburst sci-fi horror and fantasy right after this. Want the latest from the world of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy? Check us out on StarburstMagazine.com. Starburst Magazine, available on iPad. Fully interactive multimedia with exclusive and even secret content. Subscribe today on iTunes. Email studio at ManchesterRadioOnline.com. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. I guess we've got an email. Go on. It's from the Kempster, hey. Grant Kempster. And he just says, James, what a rhymes with elephant. Oh, no, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what does it rhyme with? Oh, God. That word, you know. Um, but that's what he is. <laughs> James Blunt. Yeah, that's right. He right. is He is a James Blunt. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more, Mr. Kempster. Okay. Are we wrapping up the uh, troll hunter? Troll. Yeah, yeah, get the genuine yeah, yeah, one on. Yeah, we'll get the genuine one. Go on. Absolutely. Quickly. No! Yeah. Part two. Indeed. Over. It's over now, yeah? We're moving for, on for to... For the time some being, yeah. We'll, di- we'll dig some more dirt proper, on him. Proper news. Yeah. Brace yourself for some proper news, yeah? There's been some good stuff this yeah, week. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I was... Uh, yeah, some proper news now. Uh, yes. Pete's Dragon is being remade. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that's the, the definitely the most important thing to happen this week. That, that's what it? I was trying to. Yeah, just trying to be comical there. God, okay, yeah, but it is happening. Uh, Did you like the original? No, I did not like it, even as a child. It's not very good, is it? No, it's... and it's one of those movies I've never revisited. Yeah, do you know how badly it's dated? Um, it's just horrendous when you see it now. But here's the weird thing: it's hardly ever on TV. Now I always I always take a view on that because if a, if a film the kids films never 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 ever on TV because animated movies and and like Disney stuff it's on TV all the time isn't it and yet Pete's Dragon I can't remember when I've last seen it on TV well like we discussed in, in length last last week you know you you won't get many uh, reruns like that on TV because kids won't watch them anyway oh because they don't like the look of them dear me well that that said dear it was me. only a part. It was mostly live action, wasn't it? Yeah. It was only part animated. Yeah. Also. But you ought to see the kid that's in it. He looks he looks so Partridge family now. He's got the hair, the oh, clothes. Yeah. I think yeah, he's yeah. got he's in flares and all. You know, oh, of course, he's like, of course he will be. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Isn't it weird? The, the writers that they've uh, got on this thing, though. It's so, so weird. David Lowry and uh, Toby Halbrooks. 
but they're two indie writers, indie filmmakers. Uh, Ain't them body saints is a is a film that's just doing the, uh, yeah. the festival circuit right. now. Yeah, and it's this dark thriller. Okay. Uh, and so they've gone. Yeah, those guys—they're the perfect one. I know. I know why they've got the gig. It just occurred to me. It's because Lars von Trey is busy. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Of course. It's, imagine Lars von Trey as Pete's dragon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine what that'd be like. Hey, he start he start cutting his dragon penis off and feeding it to the kid after <coughs> the film, wouldn't he? Sold. Yeah, done. That's exactly what had happened. There was another remake this week announced as well, and this has been uh, flirted about for quite a while. Yes, but now it's back on. Yeah, Escape from New York. Joel Silver, uh, Joel Silver himself, okay. Uber producer. Yeah, he did The Matrix and pretty much every action movie ever made. Uh, well, in the eighties and nineties, anyway. He's got the rights. Studio well, Canal. Well, I'm a big fan of. I I love that. I lo- But there were a lot of what Joel elements. Silver. Oh no, the actual the property, the Escape well, from New York. Yeah, I know, I but do you awesome. want to see another? Uh. Right. Do you want to see someone else uh, don the eye patch? Personally, I I think I think that people have rewritten how it was received at the time. At the time, people weren't that impressed. People went to see it thinking, "Wow, this is a cool idea for a film," and went away a bit not that impressed about it. And then, about a year or two later, about two three years, when you get into the mid eighties, all of a sudden it started being talked about like a yeah, a big movie. I think it's after it got shown on TV, after it ended up being on the VHS and people started seeing it at home, it sort of got better regarded. But the cinema, it didn't do that well. It didn't take much money. People were a bit disappointed. Even the review in Starburst, uh, John Brosnan said, you know, it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I'm a bit no, disappointed. But he was but, a curmudgeon, money. Oh, he was. Grossy. He was a bit grumpy. He was great. Yeah. I think he was grumpier than me. I write his column now. I think I'm... It depends. I'm more polarized. I'll if I really hate someone, I'll probably go further than him. But when he's, um, but on the whole, do a whole show on how much you despise that that thing, wouldn't you? Well, look, look, I would. Yeah, you'd get the toffee hammer out. I would get the toffee hammer out. Yeah, but the thing thing is, he's uh, he hated Star Trek though, and I love Star Trek. There you go. So that balances it out a bit. But well, okay. So Escape from New York wasn't well received when it came out. But I could ruin it for you. What? What? Which one? There's a there's a Lost World Jurassic Park scene in it. In what? In um, Escape from New York, a scene of no sense whatsoever where you can't quite understand what's gone on. Okay, go on. Right. Do you remember a bit where you get a um, he's escaping and then all of a sudden from New York a, a lid on the bonnet on the car comes up and there's a guy there with a crossbow holding the crossbow at him, yeah? Right. And then a load of things happen and people, he's all surrounded, yeah? Right. right. And then all of a sudden, he sets Summer off. I can't remember what it is and he just basically runs off and escapes and then he's completely forgotten to deal with the fact there's a guy right in front of him with a crossbow. <laughs> Complete. Honestly, you want to watch this scene. It's like that bit with the dinosaurs that don't exist that have killed the crew of that ship and that it's that weird that bit and you want to see it and when when i've told you and you'll watch it now and you'll go oh god he's right and you will it'll stick out and it's a weird bit but there you go but, it's but i go- love the film yeah, though. it's a goofy movie anyway though isn't it it's, I mean, yeah, well any film that's got a cadillac with what candelabras on the front bonnet and all that weird stuff and the duke's a bit of a for a hard man he's a bit he's a right um mincing hard man isn't he 
He's got. He's very effeminate, isn't he, for the that tough, massively macho role that he's supposed to have. And I then, know, but it's all the little details like that that yeah. make it great and well, stand out. I like. I personally, I liked it at the time. He was he, basically he's doing a, a a Clint Eastwood impression, isn't he? A Snake Plissken. It's ah, oh, Snake, call me Snake. He's yeah, which is he's good. a better Clint Eastwood than Clint Eastwood. Oh, get off! Don't, how dare you say that? <laughs> How dare you say that? Clint Eastwood's wonderful. He's, um, but the, the thing is, I like the music. I like the idea Fabulous. of it. The music's wonderful, yeah. isn't it? It's one of the best. And it's dead simple when you listen to it. And it's wonderful. And it's, yeah. John Carpenter, it's just before he sort of lost it a bit, wasn't he? And after that, he's mid-80s. He, last thing he did that I really, really loved was um, They Live. Um, no, it's no. Uh, in the mouth of madness. Oh, in the mouth of madness. Yeah. I take it back. In the mouth of madness is wonderful, it's fantastic. And but last... still not available in the UK. Yeah, what's Criminal. that Mars one? Um, Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, that was a bit awful. Yeah, vampires. Well, I was going to be more awful. polite than that. Vampires weren't as bad as no, Mars, it was, was shit. It? Was it? Yeah, it's had two sequels. Though. I know. Are they? T- I've seen, seen them. Straight to DVD. I've seen them. John Carpenter presents. But. Uh, Escape from New but York. Has nothing else to do with it. Oh, Escape from New York has one of the best ideas ever, isn't it? But do you yep. know when it? You know what year it's supposed to take place in, don't you? Mm. I, I, I hear that old. Nineteen ninety nine. Ninety seven, I think. Oh, good god. Yeah, no, it's about it's about nearly uh, eight years ago or something. Right. But this is a problem, guys. Listen, I'm, you know, you're writing these things. If I'm going to write, if I write a sci-fi set in the future. It's going to be minimum 100 years in the future, 60 years, 70 years in the future. That's a bare minimum. You know, I you will never write something like 10 years. Do you think people are ever going to watch Star Trek Into Darkness and they're going to go, can you believe what year that's set in Star Trek Into Darkness? It's set in the year uh, 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 20, well, what is it? 2199, I think. So it's about 200 years. It's 2229, isn't it? Something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. People are going to go, God. 23rd hey, century, isn't it? Abram's yeah. got that wrong. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's great. That's why. Do you think it's people right. will ever say that? But you don't or even will have it be to robots go that far. Say it. Why uh, don't uh, uh, Abram's was well off? Right. Best way to do these. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm up for debate on this off anyone. But do you not think the best way of dealing with a situation like this is instead of Blade Runner going Los Angeles 2019 or whatever, um, you know, 1997 New York? Why don't you just go? In the near future, yeah, boomf, yeah. That's what like you can't beat stuff like that. Like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, yeah, boom, done, beautiful, done. vague, yeah, lovely. What is the most unrealistic representation of the future? Um, that is probably you know, that in TV shows. TV, yeah. Jerry Anderson was wonderful at getting it so right and so wrong. And UFO was set. It was done in 1968, and it was again only 12 years later. It's supposed to be 1980, oh, and God. everyone had gullwing cars and were wearing mandarin suits, and the women all had them purple. Yeah, but surely on he was being he crazy, was just having a laugh. I think he surely? was having a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most realistic rendition of the future was Blade Runner, in my opinion, because. It's not that far out now. Yeah, flying the fly- cars. Yeah, the flying cars. Replicants. Were and I don't think we're going to get them in the next five years. So no. I think you're probably right. Yeah. But the actual city kind of looked how I would expect it to be going. Because you have got... Even Manchester, the Chinatown's expanding all the time and everything. It's the, the, oh, what has it got? He got, he got the Asian... Pagoda. Oh, God. For the crackheads sang out in. 
that's it. If you're in Manchester, you will know that in Chinatown there is a big. They they built it like a cultural thing where you've got the Chinese arch, a massive arch, yeah, and then you've got the pagoda at the side and the most amazing. And it is just full of crackheads at night, and it is like uh, day six in the pagoda. And, and 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 it's like it is like um, it's, there's it's a like big brother. It's, it's like big brother for smackheads, yeah. Um, but the thing that gets me about that arch, though, have you noticed when we're coming in and out of our office <coughs> that you'll get chi- Chinese people that have come actually travelled here on holiday? Can you know because yeah. they actually pull pull up in the coach that's that's taking them from wherever it's London or whatever because there's a travel agent next to Starburst uh, HQ. <laughs> And um, they they turn up there, and they get off, and then they all start posing and start in front of this Chinese arch. Yeah, like, they've come like from China. They've come from Beijing. They've come from fucking Beijing, and they're having the photos taken outside our shitty Chinese arch. That to me, I'd think they'd be insulted by that and go, "What's this going on?" Because if I went to China and there was a little shit version of the of Big Ben, I wouldn't be stood at the side going, "Hey, like a proud Brit." I'd be like, "Oh, that's a bit shit, isn't it? What's what's that all about? You patronising git?" Hey, you know? maybe they should uh, not remake Escape from New York, but they should remake <laughs> a Big Trouble in Little China. Well, you could do it. You could do it on our car park. Yeah, exactly. We? Where, yeah. where we're getting invaded by very cheap. It could it could actually just be based around my struggles to keep our car park free of people who are stealing our car parking spaces. Mm. There you go. See the one the other night, eh? Yes. That was a cheeky one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you went and parked all across everyone's spaces. No one could get in or out. Yeah. <sighs> you could incorporate the Lucas Aid gang. I know. Oh, we Which do is, have. Yeah, a gang right. of local youths who uh, come and loiter. Yeah. And That's just drink Lucas. Right, you might weird. think he's joking. This is true. To, they hang out in the Starburst car park. There's about three of them. There's a guy who looks like Fat Boy Slim. Yeah, he's the a young Fat Boy Slim. Then there's another two youths. Yeah, and they've just got they've just got bottles of orange Lucasade. It's like if they were there with a switchblade and and looking hard and taking some drugs and stuff, you'd be like, oh yeah, that they that's right, that's what I'm expecting them to do. But they walk the walk, they walk with a swagger like they're hard and they're a bit, oh, and then they whip out the orange Lucasade. Yeah. What the hell? I know. It's not so, even can't we just have even relentless that? or something? Yeah, our like lives that. are bollocks, aren't they? Like, can't we just have proper? Proper nutters. Proper thugs. Yeah, proper thugs. What's this orange Lucasade business? So there you go. That's the Lucasade gang hanging out. So do you think they're going to be hanging out on Moonbase Alpha when we move? Oh, I hope not. Yeah. By the way, guys, we're moving in three weeks. Anyone wants to come and help us shift furniture? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got the Eagle transporters ready to take it all. So Need a few hands on deck. This Escape from New York remake, not just a remake, a trilogy. Starting oh, with the, uh, oh, the origin. Christ. The oh, origin story. God. Oh, of, are they going to uh, go of, with him being a kiddie fiddler? No. Because that's what he was going to be, isn't it? Um, in the original. And then the they original, changed it. They, it was... they did delete a scene. or Well, it was in the script. So I don't know whether it actually got to go in before mm. cameras. Yeah, where he, Snake Plissken was. He had raped a family. From Golly. the little, little one up. Oh, little one up. Oh, fuck. Well, that makes a difference because I'd have been really upset with him if he'd have done it the other way around. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bad that, innit? Well, I understand why they, I understand why they move, took Carpenter. it out. Good move, yeah. But he's still a murderer, though. Why? why well, who did he it's murder, It's funny, though? though, isn't it? It's funny, though. Who did he murder? Well, don't know. It doesn't tell you, does it? 
It didn't say he murdered a family. In Not this. a family. That, that was no. completely removed. No, no, but he is a murderer, though, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. who's he murdering? Well, I don't know. Scumbags? I'm assuming it's That's a scumbag, fine. yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the thing is, they, with that character, you, you've got characters like that. Like in Alien 3, you've got that guy, um, D- Dutton plays him, um, and he's and he's... He says to him, oh, you don't want to hang around with me, Ripley. I'm a murderer and rapist of women. And I always thought, ooh, God, you know, I mean, but I am sort of on his side because he's repented. Uh, but I well, nah. don't know if I was on his side. I'm nah. not sure. Because nah. once you say he's a mur- if he's a murderer, you've got to be certain that he's murdered somebody that you would murder mm. if you were put in an extreme situation. Sure. Yeah. If you say he's murder and oh, it's a nun over there, uh, just stole her money and robbed the church and murdered the nun and had off. Yeah. Well, you can't really ever get on side. Throw him to the Xenomorph. Yeah, and then you throw in a rape on top, and it's no. like, yeah, yeah, whoa, no. no, 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 no. So I'm always, I think there's a few if you want to keep your sympathy. So Snake Pliskin needs to be not kiddie fiddling in this film. D- definitely, yeah. I would like that. That'd but, be a start, and it needs to be set in New York. But, That'd be a second one. But when I when I said the origin story, I meant uh, more specifically the origin of how the Ma- New York was turned into a maximum security facility. Mm. Yeah, you're not interested in that. Well, no, because I like what I liked about Escape from New York was. In the most throwaway two, what was it, two minutes at the beginning of the film? The crime rate rose in the 1990s. We had to build a big prison, so we stuck a wall around New York, and now everyone's there. There you go. Okay, on with the film. Great. I agree. Uh, I don't feel I need that expanding into two hours. No. Well, no one had to think about franchises back then, did they? No. That was meant to be a standalone movie. And it was perfect for that. I've always said people now... Young kids now, okay. young kids now, not like us old guys. No, what I'm getting at is young kids, uh, someone who's 19 now, 18, 19 now, they, they, the norm to them is, I would argue that the norm to them is just a row of sequels or trilogy or whatever. They, they, it must be quite odd to them when a film is just a one film. They, oh, man, that must be quite yeah. weird for them, that. Like, yeah. oh, one film, that's it. Now, we grew up and, like, Jaws 2, that caused shockwaves. Do you know how, how weird that was? At the time, people were like, oh, my God, a sequel? A, a, another one? No no one did sequels. No one did sequels. The, the only sequels that were kicking around then were Shaft. Shaft did about three, which was weird. Um, no one did sequels. No one did sequels. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did Shaft again? And they could call it, uh, and it would be Shaft, but in 3D. So it would be Shaft 3D, and it would look like oh Shafted. God. Oh, God. Wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Talking of sequels. Yep. Because, um, yeah, that's all the information present on uh, Escape from New York. But it's happening. It's going to be a, a sequel, and uh, it's got some uh, oh, uh, ha- ha- high-caliber. Uh, we haven't discussed uh, just a quick, quick one. How do you rate Escape from LA, then? Oh, of course we didn't touch on that, did we? Just wondered what you thought. Um, I didn't it think has, it was as bad as everyone thought. It's it got was. a fabulous ending, mm. which was so good. Mm. It kind of elevated everything that had gone before. Yeah, You've got some hideous, hideous uh, CGI in there. The surfing scene in particular. Well, the problem with that is... Great idea, though. Everybody, everybody tried to incorporate CGI at that time. And if yeah. you had no money, you got what you got. But why has he got no money? 
I mean, how how cheap was that movie? I don't think it was there. I don't think he ever had a budget. I really didn't appreciate that the, uh, the, the script was just... Um, he, he may as well have just opened his Escape from New York final draft template. Thing that I didn't like... And find New yeah. York, replace L.A. Well, thing, thing that I didn't like was... Uh, like I say, I like to have a sense of, of where summit's set. Like, when I was talking about Jurassic Park, I was disappointed because I didn't get a sense of a big theme park and I didn't get a feeling they didn't film it right, portray it right, whatever. Um, the same thing, Westworld, I did... It did appear to be a big theme park. They did it right. They showed you maps of the place. You kind of figured out after about half an hour where everything was. You felt like you you were involved in it. And I think in Escape from New York, you kind of got the idea of it. You saw enough of it and maps, diagrams peppered about. A clever filmmaker can do that. Where in half an hour, you, you're aware of, of where it is. And you that gets you more involved in the situation. Uh, same thing with Die Hard. You just kind of knew where everything was in that building after half an hour of Die Hard, and you were like, oh, he's up on that floor there, down there, there's a guy in the bottom. And all of a sudden, you could follow everything in your own map in your head, and it makes it easier to get involved. Now, uh, Die Hard 2 was set in like a, a big airport, sprawling vast all over the place, and you just couldn't follow what exactly what was going on the same way. And I found, like, Escape from New York, I thought, oh, yeah, there he is. And there's the... He get got in through the trade, the Twin Towers. That's a bit of a problem now, isn't it? Not um, really. Well, they, they were supposed to be still, still... Well, they still were there in 1997. Oh, of course. Oh, that's yeah. what you mean. Right. Oh, he landed on top of them, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So... I thought you meant that the, 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 they're there. I mean, should they remove them from the Blu-rays? Oh, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, well, you can't. He landed on them to get in. That's how he landed. He landed on one of them and then walked down and popped he in. He can't land on those beams, can he? No, that's got. it. So so what I'm saying is he, he there's that. And But I got a sense of this shape of it, where it was, roughly. Um, there was a bridge that you had to get across its mind and all that. And you sort of knew what's going on. But the escape from LA, I thought, it's like a big, sprawling mass. You didn't quite know who was who, what was what. Is there a wall? How do you get out of the place? Yeah. It wasn't as it wasn't as cool, was it? No, not at all. That's what I thought. Not at all. I mean, I like that. Kurt Russell was cool yeah, again, yeah, though. Yeah, he, he, he was great yeah. as uh, Pliskin. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, talk about mapping though. Because, I think right, I, remember I get a sense Battle of Royale, Battle Royale, yeah. right? Battle Royale Two, Battle Royale. You saw a map every every so often. There'd be a map there, and it'd show you where the lighthouse is, where stuff is. Yeah, mm. yeah, you were still confused yeah. to a degree, but at least you felt like you knew the island. Yeah, because it's just woods, 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 yeah. and then there's yeah, yeah, know, and bits certain, certain bits there. Certain, yeah, I, yeah, I, and yeah, I, I they, yeah, they didn't even bother with that in the second one. They just went, yeah, you're on an island. There you go. Didn't even bother. And the same with that. And I just think build, take your time, build the concept up, make make it believable. And I think it's a great setting for a film, a massive prison like that. But in, in truth, a prison like that wouldn't work. Everyone would just kill everybody. There wouldn't be is anybody the point, alive no? in there, would is that they? The is that the... Don't know. You throw them in there, let them survive. Or they'd just be a load of hard nuts who formed one big gang who wiped everybody out, wouldn't they? Mm. They wouldn't be like that cabbie, Ernest Borgnine. He wouldn't last five minutes no. in there, would he? He'd be gone. What's he doing? What, a taxi driver? Oh, yeah, here, come here. I want your, I want your taxi. Knife him. He's not going to get anywhere. Yeah. What well, fat, fat old guy like him in a taxi? <laughs> I'm just saying, um, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny, but it's a cool idea. So another sequel announced this week: mm. Hansel and Gretel. Which oh, good God! Two. What happened? What's going on? Have I missed it, something? It took, 
and it took 200 million. What globally. are you guys doing? What are you guys doing giving money to this? We we want to stop movies like this being made. Well, what are you doing? We, you can't say that because you I haven't can. seen it's, it yourself. I, I've seen enough. Everybody says it's terrible. And I, yeah, I admit I've not got round to seeing it. Neither but only me. because everybody said it's that bad that yeah. I thought, well, that's going to be a waste of time. Uh, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. 15%? Um, yeah, That's but one of the guarantee- worst I've ever heard that. I can guarantee you can go through your DVD collection. You'll, you'll find stuff that you own and you love that has got an equal score to no. that. No. Yes. I'm trying to think of one. I know one go straight on. off the bat. Go on. House of a Thousand Corpses. No way. Yeah. What's that got on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, approximately 15 I'll you, check you on are the all next, crazy, you I'll, guys. I'll check on the next break. You it's, guys are crazy. Why do you not like that? It's ridiculously low, I swear. Oh, we got... Uh, I'm going to read the negatives and see what they've got to say about it. We've got a um, our Lords of Salem review in, you know. It's oh, not, great. not gone up on the site yet. Yeah. You, you don't. I'm going to tease it in. All right, just, just with your fingers, how, man, how much has it got? Okay. Mm. Mm. Bit okay. Up, bit upsetting that, isn't it? I'm surprised. Now, Rob Zombie, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, I, I, lo- I, I loved. I love it. Yeah. Um, everyone else battered that movie. And the follow-up. Devil's Rejects. What Superb. A, but equally, totally different film. Totally different yeah. film. But equally awesome. I could watch me both of, the, of them. Um, the, the way Toby Hooper mm. uh, flipped the tones of uh, the, the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the complete it's opposite way of, doing of that, it. isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean... Flash so... followed by... Yeah. Uh, lo-fi, gritty, 70s esque. It worked. Even the music, the whole thing. Um, so, oh, what a shame. So now he's made more bad movies than he has good. Well, I've I've steered away from the Halloween because I love the originals that much. And again, that's one of those where I... There are always a lot of films to see. And at the time, if, if a film does... Get, and I shouldn't do this because I should just make my own mind up, but... But you, your time's precious, and when everyone piles on it, and the hate that piled on them Halloween movies from people that I was talking to where it made me want... I thought, oh, I'm going to get upset. And and that's the reason, listening to you, and then reading all the stuff, and then hearing that it's only got a, uh, it's got a 12 rating is why I've not seen the new Die Hard movie, because I think I'd be bloody furious. Yeah. I mean, it, that's it, pretty bad on Ron Tomatoes as well. Isn't it's it, appalling. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I know if you. Don't... Oh, it's not my Bible, by the way. Anyone listening, I don't no. just get up every day going, "Oh, what does Rotten Tomatoes say I need to do today?" No, but it's a good indicator. Yeah, when you can't find somebody to say a good word about it. Yeah, because it's all right. We we will give nine out of ten, ten out of ten to something, and and we might see something that another magazine won't. And so it is good to see a general overview of other people. I like, I like that. Plus, you get little reviews on there from the from just your average Joe who's gone to see the film, and it's nice to hear what they've got to say. Because yeah. sometimes they pick up on some amazing stuff that you you miss. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, the Hansel and Gretel 2. Oh, God. Um, What's that? Are they going to have a cool title for that, then? Are they? Hansel and Gretel. Hans, Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. no. I, I don't couldn't know. be less excited yeah, about this being a franchise. It's it's really really odd, isn't it? That uh, you know, 
everything that we saw was. I mean, our Starburst review, yeah. for it, our review for it was uh, was it five? Yeah, five out. Very of mediocre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it kind of like yeah. Don't you really have to bother. Hunt high and low. I think for it's a four. Good review. I think it's four out of ten. Oh, good God. Yeah. Good God. I think but it's it, four. It, it eventually wound up. It it didn't bomb in the states, but it severely underperformed, and then it, it just it. Everyone else liked it. Not like well, okay. no. Everyone else went okay. to see it. Sorry, uh, in the UK, it did particularly well around Europe, and so yeah, it passed the two hundred million mark. And as soon as it did that, Paramount said, "Yep, we're doing another." Um, Renner and Gemma Arterton, they'll be signed up for another. Yeah. Uh, do you think Renner will be happy about that? No. I don't. I'm sure he won't because um, he was he, he was borderline Bruce Willis promoting a good day to die hard. Well, he knew what he, he knew what he he was obvious that he <sighs> wasn't happy with it. No, but he but then again he wasn't happy with the Avengers, was he? So maybe he's just a curmudgeon. Right, I'm just going to say it now. He's not very good. He's not very good in anything. He's not very good looking. He's not a very good actor. <laughs> he's he's you once said he's, he's got, got no a charisma. Face. You wouldn't get sick of smacking yes, that face. That was it. If he was in a pub and he gave you a bad look and started on you, you just you just pile on him and you'd never get sick of it in him. Honestly, he's got that face. I don't know what it is. That's why I didn't see the Bourne film. I don't think I could sit through two hours of a vehicle with his mush just there for two hours. You know, I don't know what it is. Remboy, he's got, he's lacking in screen presence. He's not as annoying as someone like. Um, What's it? Um, oh, bloody hell, Rafa the Titans. No, no, Rafa the Titans. Oh, bloody Sam Worthington. Worthington, yeah. I mean, he, he is just abysmal. That guy is a walking vacuum, he is. I, th- I agree, I agree. But that I guy. did think Renner was good in uh, Mission Impossible 4. Yeah, he's, he's... Sorry, Mission Impossible. He was in his right, he's yeah. in his right position there as as a backup. But, I mean, I heard, I heard rumours there that he was being groomed to take over that franchise as yeah, the lead yeah, yeah, role. Yeah. You must be, you must be crazy yeah. to even think of doing that. You replace Tom Cruise with him, you've only got yourself to blame. I know I'm not the world's biggest Tom Cruise fan, but my God, at least he's got a screen presence. That guy, he's just a, he's a, he's a, he's a, well, give him a role as a henchman in summit. Certain, <laughs> it. I didn't even like him in, in Angel. Remember that episode no. where he. Um... Where he played one of his uh, proteges. See, I didn't come even. Back to, didn't one of the, don't remember. Probably him. the first time I ever saw him. He's yeah. a he's a totally forgettable individual. Very 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 early role. Totally forgettable individual. Even his parents say that. Now they probably don't, but they should do. Right. You can't be blind to your son's weaknesses. Talking of curmudgeons. Should have got him to go woodwork or something. Mind you, didn't work out for Harrison Ford. That did it. The, there's the curmudgeon. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, but he's he's but I like Harrison Ford, but he he might be a bit grumpy. This he's grumpy and he's no right to be grumpy. He should be every day. You know what he should do? He should get up. He should get all the DVDs of every film he's been in so far. Have them on the shelf like a little shrine. And every day, Remboy should get up and kiss every one of them and just look up at the sky and go thank you. Right. Just be grateful. Yeah, okay. it's not going to last much longer. This. Okay, talking of curmudgeons, Harrison Ford uh, talked about uh, Star Wars Episode Seven this week to a news crew when asked whether uh, whether it's happening or not, whether he will be appearing. Yeah. And he says, he, I'll, I'll quote him. Yeah. yeah. I'll read it out. Go he on. says, I think it's almost true. 
I'm looking forward to it. It's I don't think the... he'd say it in that. You're being too happy. <laughs> he wouldn't say I'd it. I've watched like the video. You can watch he'd the go, video. You click on the quote. I'm not doing a Harrison Ford impression. He says it's not in the bag yet, but I think it's happening. There we go. He's looking forward to it. Bless him. Yeah. yeah, that's nice to hear. It's it? good. Yeah. So it's not signed yet. Still. They're going to be in it. Of course they are. They're in it. I mean, him, he was the only one that it was iffy. Uh, yeah, because, literally to yeah. me, he was the only one. I knew, I knew Carrie Fisher would be in it. Yeah. I knew, I knew they they're probably um, going to have to make sure that she's all right, and <laughs> not not on the on the stuff. But I oh, apparently she, she's all clean she, and happy she, now. She gave that up years ago. I know. Well, that. that's good. And and Mark, Mark, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Oh, God bless him. I loved him as the Joker in Batman, and he's dead nice guy. He he's a nice guy. He is. Yeah. He is a nice guy, and he's had a pretty. He's, let's just say it hasn't panned out how he wanted. So I would like to see this get him a little bit more attention. And it's good in his... I'm not saying these are his twilight years, but it's good at, at lower down on his CV that he's back doing this. Great. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. Oh, um, a, a better link might have been uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got... A, he's rumoured to have another... Secret agent franchise in his sights. Uh, yeah, on, he's, he's just not happy this. with the aforementioned Mission Impossible franchise. He's also looking at um, Guy Ritchie's mm. The Man from Uncle. Yeah. A couple of things there. I don't think we've ever got the opportunity to oh, talk about God, Guy Ritchie God, 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 handling God, God, this God, franchise because it used to be Steven Soderbergh. He was trying to get it off the ground yeah, with George right. Clooney. And I was happier with that. Yeah. And George Clooney, I wouldn't have had a problem with being in it. Sure. Um, Napoleon Solo, George Clooney. Yeah. That may, that makes sense. That plays well. Uh, to, who's the other one? Uh, Corey Yang. Ilya Corey Arkin. Yeah, he right. was David McCallum. Um couldn't be a bigger fan of this show. I, I love this show. I know you're a big fan. Yeah. Love this show. I, I, it's the coolest thing in the world. It's, it was like a James Bond on TV every week. It's great. Um, so how do you before, feel about Tom Cruise then? And who? Not happy at all. Who of the two do you think he's going for? Well, he'll be, he'll be Napoleon. Uh, he'll, he'll, I'd be surprised if he was playing Ilya Kuryakin. Ilya Kuryakin's a Russian um, guy who. This character doesn't seem to suit him. He'd be more Napoleon Solo. And and by the way, I just point out they're not my noise effects, that's him that. That's me. It's not it's not it's not the Chrisonator. That although we haven't we haven't I do, used I've it. Blow my nose. God I love Jackass. She's just tweeted. Has by she, the way, yeah. What that she loves Jackass? No, no, no. <laughs> that's an odd one, that one. You know that was meant to be a chainsaw, not a it a, is, a yeah. puppy biting yeah. at an ankle. I know. I like this one though. Borg drone. Borg drone. Yeah. Don't like it. Hurts my Crazy, ears. Crazy that Borg mm. drone, isn't it? Uh, she says uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Some of my faves. Um, JCVD. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Every Sorry. film that Sean likes will I re- be. I read in, that. In the I low. read that out wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'll start again. Here we go. Right. Re Rotten Tomatoes. Says Shauna at yeah. Shauna the Grinch. I know what she's going to say. Some of my favourite John Claude Van Damme films Universal Soldier 2, 6%. Double Team, 11%. Double Impact, 14%. And Cyborg, 14%. Yeah. I yeah. could have, I bet I could have come close to that. If you'd have said to me, now rate them, what are they on the rate them. Rate, rate them. 
rate. Oh, like I give you what I think they're going to be. I wouldn't have been far out because I wouldn't have given any of them anymore. Look, God bless us. She sees some in these films that 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 I don't. Um, I get the fun part of it. I mean, God, I'll have a laugh watching Passenger uh, 57, for God's sake. I'll, I'll watch anything. Black. Always bet on black. Great tagline. I mean... Although a little bit offensive it's, The whole film's mm. just like that all the way through. But but the thing is, they're so bad. Well, no, as, uh, so bad, as Andy Hall tweeted uh, just now uh, to Shauna, uh, uh, Chris will testify to double team's greatness. That's one Jean-Claude Van Damme movie I did like, okay. to be honest, because okay. it embraced its silliness. Well, I'll That's be honest. That's the one with the tigers you, and the mines and the yeah. uh, stadium and the Mickey Rourke. You can you can have that one, and I'll have JCVD, because I like that one. Right. Okay. But that, for different reasons. So, so we, I think we're allowed one guilty pleasure, but you can't do what she's done. She's got a blog all about them. She, yeah. She's devoting so much of her life to, to the preservation and elevation of this of these movies that everyone else is trying to sort of bury and She'll walk have away her own from. Magazine one day, yeah. won't she? Yeah. Dedicated to this. Yeah, because even the people. Maybe Starburst could have a spin-off. That's the, well, actually, no. That's what she's always uh, she's always trying to get us to do. Yeah. In it, start a Starburst action. Yeah. One-off or a special or something like that. Uh, just so she could talk about these, uh, we could cover oh, these I movies. Think, I think, I think, I think these bloody awful movies. I tell you what, I think. Uh, can we have a quick break and then come yeah, back yeah, and then course. finish off on the Man from Uncle? Because there's one, just one or two things I'd like to say about it, we, and then we can get. You know what? We're going to do. I've done a lot of news tonight. Mm. Sort of. We're, in, we're into nearly single figures now. Mm. All right, we'll be back very soon. Starburst Radio. Add us on Facebook. Join us on Twitter. Or pay us a visit at starburstmagazine.com. Manchester Radio Online.com. Starburst Radio, the official radio show for Starburst, the world's longest running magazine of sci fi horror and fantasy. Every week, the latest news and reviews brought to you direct by the editors of Starburst. Also available as an iTunes podcast. Manchester Radio Online is brought to you by Amicus Computers. And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. Where we're talking. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hey, I was 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 going to get all slick then. Mid jingle. And I ruined it. I was sort of jingling, wasn't I? Um, Jingle jangle. Oh, that's No, we can't say that. that. No, we can't can't say that anymore. Old Jimmy, uh, one of his little sayings. That old wacky necrophile. Imagine that. Yeah, God. Imagine if it came out about. if it came out about Bruce Forsyth, that'd be uh, that between Bruce and Jimmy, there'd be there'd be no, no. more sayings anymore, would there? No, no, no. it's not him. He, he, no, he was all right. Was don't Bruce even, once? Don't even kid. Of course he was. Yeah, I'm sure he's all right. There was a new scandal today, wasn't there? Who? Uh, EastEnders people. Who grooming? I've missed this. Kids. Oh, it was on one of them. Was it? Well, one was of it? the front papers. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was producers. Oh, yeah. Something Bloody like that. Hell. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Is that what it sounded like? And then we were quoted in the paper as well today, weren't we? In the in the Times. That's good, isn't in it? In the uh, online Daily Mail. Starburst. What was that about? <coughs> Our review and interview with the um, Richard Barson about his his new book. Yes. The yes. Life and Scandalous Times of John Nathan Turner. Yes. Ex uh, Doctor Who producer. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting book that. Um, one a, a, mounty ten out of ten. 
Yeah, 10 yeah. out of 10, he says it's an amazing book. One or two people were saying, uh, comments saying, it's a bit much, you don't want scandals ruining Doctor's 50th well, anniversary. How, how rude is that? Well, how outrageous. Oh, yeah, stupid, let's not talk Let's not talk about all that uh, p- potential uh, rapiness back yeah. then. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, yeah. but we've got a new series to look forward to. Yeah, yeah I know. That's priorities. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the guy, oh, the guy off. who is going on on the on the site, his comments are still on there. If any of you want to read it, it's um, quite interesting. But he, he puts forward, oh, this is the last thing you need. And and SFX oh, said, and, and this is the bit that bit me on the ass. SFX said, oh, this is possibly the last thing people need in the 50th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Well, SFX would because they suck cocks left, right, and centre to keep everybody happy. I don't do that. Chris don't do that. And that's not because we're big macho men. It's because we, we're doing a job properly. We're not in the pockets of the BBC. We're not in the pockets of anybody else. If a book comes out and it's a good book, it will get a good review. Now, the, the truth of it is it won't do Doctor Who any harm because it's about one person that was involved in Doctor Who. Yeah. And the stories are really interesting. And they don't and think it, it... And some of them are, yeah. But also, there's some interesting background stuff about the show as well. Oh, well, yeah, I was only talking to about, read the, about. The, you know, but um, the stuff they're saying. Oh, d- 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 oh don't don't release this now. Well, no, no, oh, God, but, no. but it's not a do- It's not don't up this truth. It's not really a problem. I mean, people can look at read that and read about an, a period of the BBC and a period of the history of Doctor Who. Put it in context. If you can't put something like that in context, you shouldn't be reading in books in the first place. You're too bloody thick. But the the, <laughs> the, the yeah, you say it, innit? You've, you've got to read it now and go. Oh, this means that Doctor Who's r- uh, rubbish and it's full of paedophiles. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that, and uh, it's it's twenty odd, thirty years ago. This, and it's it's just a part of the history of the show. So it's a damn good book, though. Apparently, everybody says I haven't read it myself, but everybody says it's great. And reading the review on Star in Starburst and Paul Mount, I made me literally. If I'd have had the free time, I'd have I'd have read that straight away because it sounded fascinating. But it's a nice insight. I mean, you know, some of these people that were making Doctor Who, some of these people making a lot of these shows, it turns out they're not the um, whiter than white. And yeah, there you go. Uh, and a bit of honesty here and there. It's not, it can only be good. I mean, it's not selling itself on Doctor Who scandal, is it, really? It's not even got the Doctor Who logo or it doesn't say Doctor Who anywhere on it. So. Nope. No, nope. I do understand. I get it. Yeah. The, the, uh, I say those sort of Doctor Who fans. This, this is what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, you you can't be that blinkered that you'll see that as an attack on a show that you like. It's yeah. just a book about what it was like to produce a TV show in a period of time when people were possibly using the position a little bit woo-wah, and it probably so doesn't go on as much now. Yeah, mm. I'm putting it in a nice, nicer way as I can. So there you go. Yeah, but and anyway, go and pre-order your copy. Yeah, go well. on, go and there, get it. There's a link on the on the uh, homepage yep. of the site. Go and get it, go yep. and get it. Right and, on the left and side. And you never know, we might, we might even invite him on the show one week. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't that'll it? That'll be good. Yeah. And get him on, and yeah. ask, him, ask him what he's like. Yeah. Hey, hey, how funny would it be if we tried, both tried it on with him, though? We said, no, you're not leaving here. Yeah. You're not leaving unless get we it. get a bit. Get under the desk. Yeah, I know. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? He'd go, oh, not again. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, anyway, moving swiftly back to the man from Uncle. Man from Uncle, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. The cruiser. Tom Cruise. Problem is, he's synonymous with... Being a, tiny. He, he, but that's one of his things. He does it well. Um, he, he, should be, he should be marrying shorter women. He wouldn't look as bad, would it? But the thing is, he 
is synonymous with a franchise that has in itself borrowed massively from The Man From U.N.C.L.E. And it has Mission Impossible, even as a TV show, was very, very influenced by The Man From U.N.C.L.E. The the movie series has took loads of stuff from The Man From U.N.C.L.E. And the the character he plays is very similar to Napoleon Solo's character in The Man From U.N.C.L.E. So so you're going to just literally... It's going to be seen as a shit version of Mission Impossible if he's right. in it, I think. I think I was happy with Clooney, even though he's connected with a lot of stuff. He's done that many wide wide variety of roles that he's, he's known a lot in the Ocean's Eleven movies, I get that, but he's not been pigeonholed as one character or one franchise as much as cruisers so I would have been happy with Clooney as, as him. I would have been happy. I, I would, see, I just really don't think it needs Tom Cruise. I think you just need to just get somebody really cool yeah. to to be somebody upcoming. Um, to, I can't think off the top of my head who I choose. Oh Christ! You know what? No way. Prepare for that. Don't brace don't, yourself. Don't. Why? Do you think that's actually on the cards? That yeah. I, well, because you know what? I really, I'll be devastated. I personally think Tom Cruise, will him not. or Worthington, anyone but Worthington, Remboy and Cruz, and then I'm happy. Anyone else? Anyone? Uh, yeah, don't, so don't you'd have it. Napoleon Solo as a woman I, I, if you want, by all means. I do like Tom Cruise as, weird as well. As that be. Uh, all the joking about him being the lazy jokes about him being tiny aside. I, I do, I do like the fella. He's got but a good this cinema is way, presence. Way, way yeah, too similar. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the thing is, you have to with Tom Cruise now. You have to go right, Tom Cruise. Let's forget all the shit about his real life and let's watch him on screen, which I do. And you have to do that because I, I, yeah. all that stuff. Is is daft. He was very he was very ill advised to start bouncing up and down on that couch with Oprah. Since then, it's been a bit. But until until that that you know what you do behind closed doors uh, dips into where you know uh, battering your wife or you know or you know worse. Are you already talking about well Mel Gibson? Yes, I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So you're going to have a Gibson scale. On the, the Gibson, Gibson scales, scales. Yeah, yeah. Gibson's Cruise a ten. Is safe to me. He's what? Is is he Cruz about a three on the Gibson scale? Uh, yeah, yeah, three's yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, three. Yeah. I think you start slapping slapping women at around six on the Gibson scale, yeah. and then you st- we start getting really serious shit at nine and so ten. Wh- where's Bale? Where's Bale? Do you think Christian Bale's a on six, the Gibson scale? Six on the it's five on the Gibson scale. Um, because there, again, there was allegations. His his uh, his mother and his sister oh, yeah, made that phone that. call. Yeah, didn't they, and said, yeah. I'd he's say. freaking out. I can believe he'd do that. I think I think he's a five stroke six. But I reckon, um, oh Russell Crowe, he's he's got to be in there at about an eight, hasn't he? Eli Roth swears he's a top fella, Russell Crowe. Yeah, but he can't be a top fella because he picked a phone up and smashed it over the head of the maitre d', the guy behind the desk at the hotel, the guy who's on a wage that really he shouldn't be getting hit over the head by Russell Crowe's phone. Yeah. Well, and then he turns Roth it into a joke. He's all right. Well, Eli Roth <laughs> I'm only has had, has had I'm him only on kidding. good days. I'm only kidding. Yeah, I forgot about that... the phone thing. I thought you were referring to the... Yeah. Um, 
you've got deaf ears, mate, or whatever he said. Well, to that, that was embarrassing. If anyone's heard Russell Crowe a bit talking about Robin Hood, <laughs> yeah. when the guy from the BBC went, well, was were you deliberately... And he wasn't taking the piss. He was sort of going, did you deliberately invoke a sort of Irish inflection into the voice because that's the sort of character you were trying to build? And he went, what, you hear Irish? You've got deaf ears, mate. And then rips the microphone off, storms out. Yeah. Oh, you dickhead. A bit where he, Jesus he's got Christ. He's paid too from... much to behave like that, isn't he? You know, he was he wasn't allowed to read his poem out, was he at an awards? Oh ceremony yeah, and was, then he so grabbed he the guy. Out. No, he held the guy up against the wall, and the guy didn't sue him. He tried to choke him. Yeah, right. So no, this is scale. He's an eight. Eight. He's an eight. He's definitely an eight, yeah. And he needs to sort himself out. I think he has, in fairness, because it seems to you haven't heard much for a few years. Can we put uh, Savile on the uh, Gibson scale, or do you need no, the uh, Savile scale? No, you need a Savile scale for so that. So when they, when they dip over Gibson... into pure evil, that's when you have to hear the glitter scale. The amount, yeah, the glitter scale and Savile, they, they go off on the off planet. I mean, right. he's just the way he is, and he seems a bit demented at the moment, Mel Gibson, the stuff that he's doing with his wife, all the rest of it. Um, Rose Garden, but, but all, all of it, yeah, get it all. But but yeah, you can't. Yeah, I think the Gib, I think the top range of the Gibson scale probably doesn't even get to number one on the Savile scale. If you see what I mean? Yeah, these are two two, two totally separate things, aren't they? Yeah. The Gibson scale is like uh, yeah. Because uh, some people can Gibson scale. Some people can still be fans of Mel Gibson. Acceptable, but no one could be a fan of Gary Glitter or no. Jimmy Savile. No, never. So it's no. not even worth talking about, no. is it? No. Not at all, no. Because right. you, can, you, can't, you can't even play um, Gary Glitter music in, in a bar. No, no you can't because someone will just kick off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that unacceptable. And I would you, imagine could, you could that sit you... down and watch your Blu-ray of Lethal Weapon. Yeah, absolutely yeah. you could. And yeah. enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, of course you could, yeah. Because you just the, divorce Even the bit it. in the extended yeah. edition where it's about that shootout abusing. in the school. It's about Did you ever see that? Oh, no. No, yeah. I haven't. Crazy, Christ. yeah. The fit, I think the line gets drawn where you hear that you hear Tom Cruise and not a Scientologist. Great, you hear um, that Russell Crowe's slapping people in hotel rooms. It's not great, but you know it's bad. Him abusing his wife. You get yeah, that is itter and stuff. Yeah, that's terrible. But then when you hear that they're having sex with kids, that's when it goes boom right off. And then you cannot possibly give him any. It's just beyond. You can't then it's just go. Always oh, said sorry. I'll go and watch his new film. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people won't, won't, won't work with Gibson. That's why he got kicked off um, Hangover Two, isn't it? I mean, they they literally said they'd signed him up for Hangover Two, oh, and then he was the, the tattoo tattooist, artist. and then they all said we're not filming with him. I think it's what's his face, Zach. Zach Galifianakis. Thank you for Sorry, saying no, that. Word. I didn't. Oh, didn't I didn't you? even get through it. Well, no. do you know what? I choked on the. Um, well, uh, I can never the, the pronounce mucus. his word. Zach Galifianakis. Thank you. Well, I can never pronounce his name, and he uh, he said, "No, no, I'm not filming with him. Sorry." And they acted to get rid of him. Yeah. Then but they, they were yeah. quite happy with. Yeah. Tyson, coming back. Well, there's the crazy and thing. And the other horrendous stuff that they get up but to. But there movie. is this thing where a lot of people still to this day think that Tyson might not have done it. Oh, right. let's like, not get anyway, no, let's not get into I know, that yeah, it's yeah. controversial. We, 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 anyway. we, we still have bits and bobs. But, so, but back but, to it, my, my stance on this is the man from Uncle is cool as anything. If yeah. you do a film of it, it could be amazing. I hope that you still get into the Uncle headquarters, headquarters through the uh, dry cleaners Great. at the front. That would be dead good. And... Um, yeah, that's what I want, and anyone but them three. 
That's well, all the, I ask. The most important thing you need to take from that news story is that mm. it's it's still happening. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Negotiations uh, are yeah. are in progress. Yeah. So whether Tom Cruise does it or not, yeah, you'll be getting it soon. I think that the Soderbergh version would have been better, but Rich. Guy Ritchie he did an okay job with the Sherlock Holmes films. They're all right. So I'm, I'm I think it might be in good hands. We'll see. What about this Robert Redford rumor? Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Who's uh, he playing? A high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. Possibly. Okay. Another rumour. That's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. He's, yeah. a, he's a movie icon. And he's it's a movie good icon, but he's, uh, he's been a bastion of independent filmmaking for the last 20, 20 odd years. He, he might. Maybe, maybe he even might, longer. He might just be a fan of the comic book character oh, as a kid. Really? Redford? You don't know, do you? No, come on. Well, you don't know. He might read comics. What I I'm don't saying know, is, it, don't, don't you think it's a kind of a juxtaposition of uh, you know him and his uh, Sundance work, mm. and then uh, oh, gets, yeah. gets in bed with Marvel Studios, purveyors of the Can... the, the biggest blockbusters. Right. Well, let's in look the known at this. Universe. Let's have a look at this. Who who do? Am I happy with Robert Redford saying that he'd do this if he is doing it? Uh, yeah, I'm happy because. It's the complete antithesis of the Hugo Weaving thing. I'm coming back as the Red Skull. No, no, I'm not coming back to yes. that bloody awful superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I've uh, I did that. I've done that. Uh, they don't want. They'd have to force me to come back. And then you get him, Sundance man, um, decides. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'll do. I'll do it. Well, yeah, it could be good, good on you. That, good yeah. on you. Yeah, he might yeah. just want a laugh. Yeah. You might just want to laugh. Some of these films are enjoyable to be be on. Oh, I should imagine so. And some of them are are the Twilight Zone, the movie, and uh, Blade Runner. Why? What happened to Blade Runner? Uh, apparently, it was a very, very, very unpleasant movie experience. Uh, Harrison Ford hated every moment of it. Him and Ridley Scott fell out halfway through filming it because he started to get when, the minute he asked him to go and do the voiceovers yeah, oh, yeah, and no, start recording yeah. it they fell out it was horrible it I thought was the cold fallout came later. the weather wasn't good the 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 atmosphere on set was bleak and miserable it, do you know the weird thing that's what you hear about a film when you actually go and see it and it is a bleak film you say apparently Alien 3 was pretty miserable to work on as well. That was a horrible experience. I'm not surprised. And that was a bleak um, movie. Maybe you, maybe that helps us. If you want a bleak film that's realistic, maybe it isn't ever going to be much fun. Maybe you should just go and do o- Ocean's 14 or something. Why? Because, well, they're all fun, aren't they? they? They've filmed in Las Vegas. It's dead warm. It's a load of guys having fun. Apparently, it was just a laugh a minute filming the Oceans movies. Right. Yeah. Pranks left, right and centre. Yeah. All oh, those wacky guys. That's what so I mean, yeah. Oh, you can God. just see them all. I bet, I, bet, I, bet, uh, I bet George Clooney was swapping people's sandwiches in between takes and <laughs> oh, doing God, and, 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 and hiding rascal. their coats and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Hey? Yeah, there'd be none of that on Blade Runner. Imagine doing that to Ridley Scott, hiding something. I've had your coat. James like, Cameron Whoa! as well. His sets are notoriously intense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the abyss. Who's the guy who, who causes absolute havoc? David though? O. Russell. Yeah, he's a now, nutter. You, isn't, it, isn't it interesting nutter. you see him now because he's he's been winning loads of awards for Silver Linings Playbook. Not very starburst, but... And he's behaving. Well. Oh, he looks like the nicest guy in the crowd. He's, he's there. He's always got a smile plastered on his face. Yeah. Every uh, yeah. at the Golden Globes, Maybe it's just happy every, now. Every every he run over to shake people's hands on, on the way to the on the way uh, to the podium. All I know is I've never seen anything like that video you showed me. No, I know. 
on the set it's of so, I'm Heart glad Huckabee, to sell it. Though. It was fantastic. Oh, go if you guys want to see it, just check it out. Oh, I Heart Huckabee. Dead easy. David yeah. O. Russell. Yeah. He goes Lily Tomlinson. I don't know how she put how she coped. The weird she, thing is, is uh, at the Golden Globes as well. Uh, David O. Russell sat there. George Clooney's only a few chairs away from him, and yeah. if you remember on the set of Three well, Kings, fight. Clooney twatted him. Yeah. For. Uh, for talking to an extra, yeah, yeah. badly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's he's explained why he behaves like this. He says that I'm this way to evoke the response from them and give the atmosphere on set that's required, and, and that. But he's not yeah. really. He's actually just got a bad temper, hasn't he? Well, I and think he just gets annoyed. I with think people. he's he's slightly bipolar, and I th- um, yeah, I, I presume anyway. I've not Good done God. much reading about Silver Linings Playbook, nor have I, nor have I had time to see it. You know, it's sort of being pushed down your throat a bit, though, isn't it? Uh, Silver yeah. Lining, yeah. yeah but that, to, that's a movie. Got about, to go and see it. That's a movie about bipolar disorder, isn't it? And yeah. It's, uh, uh, I remember the initial reviews yeah. saying, "Well, it's a very um, unrealistic presentation of, of mental illness, representation of mental illness." Ooh, but then, want, and then all the boom, 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 yeah. all the awards. You know what? I'm upset. I'm just. Why is it not in 3D? Yeah, I know. There you go. Got to not get not getting it in three D. What's Lawrence going on? Is apparently going out with him as well now. Oh, right. David O. Russell. That's okay. really weird. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Oh look, you know, at the end of the day, he's a powerful guy with a lot of money, and he's probably got a charisma of some note. He just really, he just strikes me as really intense. He might be really interesting. Where's he on the? But he's scary scale? though, isn't it? That's scary. Oh, that that on he's, that that he's video. Quite high up. Right, I'm going to have to pull it back because that was then. And he might have changed, as we've said. But yeah. going off that video, that always an eight on that. But no, he didn't hit anyone. No, he came, but... that's a seven. Then it's a seven because he was yeah. banging things and throwing stuff, and stuff could have hit her easy. And then he cut what he called her the, that word that rhymes with James Blunt. Mm. He yeah. called her that. I've never seen it. He goes, "You're a and I thought, yeah. bloody hell, that's Lily Tomlinson. Yeah. What are you doing that for?" The Incredible Shrinking Woman, which is part of our fraternity. She's been in a sci-fi movie. Leave her alone. Anyway. Well, have we got time for one last one before we go? Uh, yes, I guess so. One uh, for the road. One for the road. Um, let's have a look. Oh, there was that rumour that The Sun started to talk about. Uh, They're the exclusive this week. Matt Smith oh, leaving yeah, in the Christmas episode. It's based on nothing, though, isn't it? Well, no, they've got insiders, Mike. So they say, yeah. yeah but I, I, know. Not, I don't know about that. You know, what, it's not what, as if they, that one story will have generated a, a, would a that, shitload of traffic for him. Would that make sense, though, to have brought the new girl, Jenna Louise Coleman, in, and then you build her up this year? Then you've got a special anniversary issue episode in November, and then... He's gone at Christmas. Do you not think that's a bit like, boom, hey, hey, new girl, new show. And it is a reboot of the show, this, what's going to happen now, because you've got her come into it, new companion. Wherever there's a new companion, it's got a new vibe to it. Do you not think it's a bit jarring that you'll just have... Because she's only, what, got six episodes now? Is it seven to do? Because we're getting the other half. This is the other half of last year's, yeah? Yeah. So we're getting seven episodes now. Then there's a break. Then in November, we've got an anniversary special, yeah? Um, And then we get the Christmas episode. Now, the Christmas episode will be whatever's happened in there will be. But don't you think that's a lot of change for one year? Uh, It's quite too sure. I mean, you won't know what's going on, will you? 
you know, if it's the it's the fiftieth anniversary, it's got to be big. Yeah. It's got to be juicy. I just hope it's fun and not up its own anus like it has been for the past year or two. Well, you weren't even a fan of that that little prequel minisode that. What where he, where he where he he's on on a he's, park he's, bench park he's doing swing, a sorry. Jimmy Savile on a on a oh come on on. A, on a on a swing come on well he was a bit it was a bit creepy wasn't it right uh, right no right let's have it right you I I my I had a little girl she's seven or eight and she's then there's and she's swinging and then there's a guy there with a tweed jacket on and a bow tie give her a little chit chat yeah even I and I'm open minded I'd be like oi. Come, come here, come on, come on, leave him alone. He's he's weird okay. on this park bench. It's the bow tie, by the way. Yeah. See, he, he should have left. If you want to start chatting to kids innocently, nicely, in a park like the old days, like you used to be able to, like you'd have sitcoms based on people being friends with kids and an old guy and his friendship with a young lad, that was actually a sitcom. Um, you, Yeah, you should, you've got to be a bit more casual than that. He's, he's like a dodgy geography teacher chatting <laughs> chatting one of his uh, primary school kids up, wasn't he? Uh, Sorry to bring that into Doctor it's, Who. It's okay. It just what, struck a me as a of, bit... A little bit of scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't can't, worry about can't it. Can't be doing that. Because by tomorrow... Who am I to do that? By tomorrow... Yeah. Yeah. That's... Uh, you're going to be hearing that a lot. Mounties just forwarded us just now. Yeah. Tomorrow's um, front cover of the Daily Mirror. Go on, I can't wait. Just now. It's a scoop. Tomorrow's front cover of the Daily Mirror. Monday, this March is... 25th, 2013. Yeah. I'm going to show you this. Go on, spin it round. Spin it round. Are you kidding me? No, exactly what we were just talking about. Doctor Who sex scandal exclusive by Tom Bryant. Oh, God. It's <sighs> hit. Oh, well. Yep. Judge Probes claims BBC producer abused show's fans. Oh, Christ. Uh, John Nathan Turner's being dragged into the Jimmy Savile stuff. You heard it first here and it's just come out. Thanks, Paul, for letting us know. I I can't say I'm that surprised, actually. I thought this was coming. Do you reckon our name's going to be in here at all? Oh, bloody hell not. We were first to break it, weren't we? We were the first to interview him. Okay. Um, uh, Mounty was uh, one of the first I could do without being in the sun, actually. I think the the magazine... (laughs) Oh, is it the mirror? Yeah, but if they're running it... It's not quite as bad. Who else is running it tomorrow? Oh, it'll be it'll be this. Well, well, I'm going to get on Sky News when I get back. They always do. Well, this should be an interesting week, shouldn't it? I bet Starburst. if it mentions Starburst in there, it's not great because it's it's like it's not really our bag, is it? Sex scandals. We're, we're not. We're not sex world. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's our bag. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There we go. Right. There thanks for go. that, Mountie. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, sir. Yep. That's good. I hope you enjoyed the earlier on in the episode as well. Oh, I think he was a bit nervous. That I bet other he people was. Were, uh, oh. That's all right. Hang on. Oh, what's happened? 26 new interactions. Oh, we on Twitter now. We'll just quickly wrap up on Twitter. Oh, no. And, I and pressed the wrong off. button. Did you? Yes. Oh, so there's fine. actually nothing. Right. It's the, uh, it threw it off. I've so other than Mounties, a, uh, pick. Other than uh, us, unfortunately, that scared at, breaking, me that. breaking a Doctor Who sex scandal. We were all right, are we? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. No, it wasn't us. I mean, we, we did it first, but someone else would have reviewed it and it would have broke eventually. So when We were one of the first in the world to review that. We were, actually, weren't we? Yeah. All right, so it's our fault. Um, you can't have it always, can you? We have to tell you what's going on, or we don't. Allegations. Mm-hmm. Nathan Turner, right. 
and Doctor Who, Colin Baker, who is not involved. Who is <laughs> oh, not involved. That's, yeah, but you've got that's him there. the picture there. Yeah, but the yeah. problem is, the problem is there, they've <laughs> got a picture of John Nathan Turner. They've got to put a picture of poor Colin Baker, who's oh, no. a Bless really him. lovely guy who we know personally. Yeah. And he's... He's a really nice guy, and you've got at him least, at the side, and yeah. it's all you've got there is Doctor Who sex scandal, and you're not going to look at John Nathan Turner because he's in a donkey jacket, yeah. looking like not very glamorous, and at the side you've got you've actually got Colin Baker in his Doctor Who costume that looks like a clown. So the cover, when you look at it straight away, you go, who are you going to think they're talking about? Yeah. Um, unfortunate cover, that. Oh, no, you know, if I was Colin, no I wouldn't be that happy with that. At actually. least no one's going to recognise Colin in the street. No, he's, he's he looks a little bit older yeah. and more distinguished now, doesn't he? Yeah. See, there's a nice way of putting it. Though I hope someone says that about me. Oh, what's Mike look like? Uh, I haven't seen him for twenty years. Who is this? Looks quite distinguished these days. Instead of no, he looks looks he looks absolutely buggered. He looks like a guy who's been working ninety hours a week on a magazine for years. Oh, oh don't dear. say that. Okay, well, we no. have. We have. Yeah, no, we, we have. We yeah, easy that, put 90 yeah. hours a week into this, I Mac. Know, but... Seriously, you want to add it up. I, I was trying to add it up the other day. I nearly cried. Um, you know how it is. Clock stoppers. Bro. Exactly. I'll tell you what, one last thing. Yeah. Go on. Another juicy little nugget. Oh, dear. What? This is Even amazing. juicier than that? Well, yeah. Good Lord. Um, the Daily Mail are onto it. Oh God! Uh, one of their journos rang me on Friday, offering me uh, offering to buy my copy of the book because he's got like an advanced uh, yeah. uh, preview copy. I politely declined. Wow! Well done, Mouncy. See, unlike the gentleman we were um, going on about earlier on in the show, Hell yeah. Mr. Mount has proved his integrity. Yeah. So there we go. We, mm-hmm. well, I think that rounds the show off nicely. That it does, is, to be honest with you. Beautiful. And uh, with that. The music is here, and I think it's roughly time for us to be going on our merry way. So we're what we're going to be we're going to be going seeing a film <coughs> on Wednesday that's not strictly us. It's trance. We're going to. The, I think there'll be elements of Starburst stuff in there. I like yeah, to yeah. think so. So we're going to see. We'll have a chat to you. If it's Starbursty, we'll talk to you about it next yeah. week. But in the meantime, I've been Mike. He's been Chris. We're sorry about all the sex on the show, and we're sorry about all the problems, and we will be seeing you next week. of his
Radio show in the universe. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online.